It is Friday, November 20th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 11 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schiaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. The crown is ass challenge continues to tighten, but not because anyone crushed it in week 10. Jared, what are your takeaways from a week that proved rough for all of us? I just want to thank you guys for letting me win some things. I didn't win much on DraftKings last week. I did enough to win this one, literally basically because I played Kyler Murray. Like that's the only guy who performed for me outside of the Saints defense. So it was ugly. I lost almost everything on DraftKings last week, ready to move on to week 11. Yeah. Tyler, what about your play on uh, DraftKings in week 10? It was a lot of the same for me. Obviously, the chalk running backs disappointed in a big way. I was surprised that my wide receivers disappointing. I had Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, and those are two guys that usually see a lot of volume. And for whatever reason, they disappointed in a big way. And then um, just in general, it was, a, it was a rough week with a lot of the chalk busting. So my cash lineup on DraftKings was, I think, uh, by far of the season. Yeah, the Rams stack was a similar killer for me. I mean, it was a, a fine passing day for Jared Goff. He got the 300-yard bonus, but the running backs vultured all the touchdowns, so it wasn't a good fantasy day for him. And he didn't really bring along Cooper Cup or Robert Woods for a big day with him. So I, I just I, I need to be more willing to fade guys that seem like must plays. Mike Davis, Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones ended up being fine, and I don't think there were bad decisions. But Mike Davis in particular, I knew all along that I should be playing him less, regardless of the price. There were just other ways to go. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I still think not playing him in cash would have been a mistake despite the result. I mean, we we saw last week why fading him in tournaments could work because you know, even Davis at that price can bust. For the season, we're now sitting at four wins for me, three for Jared, three for Tyler. So it's, it's a tight race. We will all be back at it for round 11 of the Crown is Ass Challenge this week. And we'll show you who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast. For now, Jared, please get us started with a cash QB. And I think I probably know who it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is a super interesting and challenging week, I think, because we don't have the Seahawks, Cardinals, or Chiefs on the main slate. The Bills are on a bye. So, you know, those are like four of the teams we've been attacking most of the season. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring week. And the slate changed completely when we got the Taysom Hill news that he's going to be the starter for the Saints. So at 4800 bucks, I mean, we we don't know what to expect from him as a passer. But the matchup against Atlanta, who is – 28th in football outsiders past the rankings dead last and adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks that that adds passing upside to hill but that's all just a bonus because you're playing him for the rushing i mean he's he's a tim tebow-esque rusher i think and maybe a more athletic version of tim tebow five and a half yards per carry for his career i think he gets at least 10 carries on sunday could get up to like 15 i think you know that Tell me if this is crazy. I think Taysom Hill's projection isn't too far off from Lamar Jackson's projection, and he's like $3,000 cheaper. I mean, I wouldn't project them for close to the same without looking at the numbers here. I would say the upside, I would say his upside is around Lamar Jackson's project, projection, but I mean, I think we can easily see 250 plus passing for Lamar, and we know he can hit 100 on the ground. I don't think that that's a possibility for Taysom Hill. I, mean, I think Hill can hit 100 on the ground. I, I, you know, his passing projection might not extend that high, but I think the rushing projection is pretty similar. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that the combo of those things sure. are a possibility for him. Yeah. Tyler, what do you like at Cash QB? I think there's a little more upside to Jackson just because he actually has a chance at the 300-yard bonus. But I agree that their projection is within a couple points of each other. Cash QB, I'm definitely going to have Taysom Hill. He's going to be my highest-owned quarterback in GPPs as well. Just under $5,000, he's... Um, He's going to be popping in all the projection systems, and I think he has a pretty high floor slash ceiling combination this week in a really good matchup. I mean, for me, we'll get to GPP in a minute. I, I'm fading Taysom Hill in GPP because he could he could be a disaster. I mean, he could be just fine. He could have a rushing floor, but he could also run for 100 yards, get the bonus there, and still come out with like an 18-point day. I know that's good at, at 4.5K for his salary. I just think that there's enough else to work with that you can still build a good lineup and uh, avoid that landmine that's probably going to be I don't know, 20 plus percent owned. Don't you guys think so? Even in large field tournaments? Um, I don't know. I'm curious to see what Fanshare uh, projects them for when they update that. I know quarterbacks in general, you know, don't usually get above like 15%. This could definitely be an exception. Tyler, when you play Hill in tournaments, are you going to stack him with any pass, pass catchers? Are you going to run it back with any Falcons? Or are you just going to play Hill and then, you know, correlate your lineup with other games outside of Hill? I could see both ways definitely a lot of naked Taysom Hill and then I'm gonna pair him up with Kamara in some lineups because I think Kamara could have a huge game too and then probably dabble on Michael Thomas just a little bit but beyond that I think the main stacking partner would actually be Alvin Kamara. Tyler I think by saying naked Taysom Hill you just got us kicked off of YouTube so let's watch it going forward please. Taysom Hill's obviously in play in whatever format. I think Joe Burrow is also in play at 5,500. He's not that far away. Washington's defense has been good against the pass, but it's also allowed three touchdown passes to Matthew Stafford last week, allowed three total touchdowns to Jared Goff in week five, three to Lamar Jackson in week four, three to Kyler Murray in week two. So we know it's also beatable. Really, at Pittsburgh last week and at Baltimore in week five have been the only two bad fantasy outings for Joe Burrow so far. He's not that far away salary wise from where Taysom Hill is. So I can't, I'm not saying that Taysom Hill is a bad play. There's definitely downside. And I think Burrow is in the mix too. Yeah. As we start talking about tournaments here before the, the Hill news, I was Justin Herbert was my cash game quarterback. And I was also considering Deshaun Watson and, and Joe Burrow. So I think those guys become better tournament plays now because, you know, Hill's going to siphon ownership from all of those guys. So I, I like all three of them still. I was excited to see Tyler highlight Andy Dalton and some of the Cowboys pass catchers in, in, in his tournament article because I, I do like them. Um, I still think there's upside to that offense. We just haven't seen a lot of Andy Dalton. We saw him for one full game. It was disappointing, but you know, I think there's still upside for this passing game, especially in this matchup against Minnesota. It's a bad secondary. They have very little pass rush. And you can use Andy Dalton, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb for an average of like 5200 bucks. They're all so cheap. You can you can really load up elsewhere. And I think you know those three guys can easily return tournament winning value at those price tags. Tyler, you want to weigh in on that front? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting week in general. It's a, it's a really weird slate. Uh, I think two of my favorite game stacks are that Cowboys-Vikings game and then the Titans-Ravens game, which probably aren't going to be popular in general. And now that we have the Taysom Hill news, there's really not a lot of quarterbacks in my player pool this week. It's going to be Taysom Hill, it's going to be Justin Herbert, and it's going to be Andy Dalton. And that might be the only three quarterbacks that I'm using. So these are kind of weeks that I like in tournaments, especially if I have a really limited core group of players. I'm either going to have a really good week or a really bad week, just depending on if my core hits. Because like I said, there's really not a lot of players that I'm willing to use this week. So it's going to be a limited group of guys. And if they hit, they hit and I'll have a big week. 
This might be the first time all season that you didn't mention Lamar Jackson in the GPP <laughs> section. So I'm going to go ahead and use him because I, I like him this weekend. I think that he looks even better now that Taysom Hill is going to soak up a bunch of ownership at that low salary. Tennessee, it might be the worst defense that he's faced since week five. The actual worst might be New England last week based on the ratings at this point. They're now last in DVOA. But the fact that Baltimore lost that game, I think, masks that Lamar Jackson's actually coming off a good fantasy outing. He finished QB6 against the Patriots last week, at least as good a matchup against Tennessee this week. And we've got Mark Andrews' salary still down at 4900 bucks, so an easy stack there. Maybe a double stack with Marquise Brown at 5800 I don't feel like I need to do that, but it's certainly in play as well. But I, I'm very interested in Lamar Jackson in that QB pool this week. I am too, and I feel like Tyler's been chasing Lamar Jackson all season. I would I would not get off Lamar Jackson this week because I think this could be the week that he uh, you know finally has a game reminiscent of, of uh, 2019. I think he's more in play on FanDuel just with the price discrepancy, but I'll I'll mm-hmm. be happy with some Lamar lineups for sure. And in like like Matt said, he has easy stacking partners with Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews. Yep. Mm-hmm. Over running back, Jared. What do you like for cash? Yeah, so Dalvin Cook will definitely be in there. He's obviously easier to fit now with Taysom Hill. Um, you know, nine thousand bucks per Cook. He still checks in as the third best dollars per point value based on our projections. Um, and man, I'm probably going to play Kalen Balaj. <laughs> I can't believe it, but I mean, fifty six hundred bucks. Um, you know, he got eighteen carries and six targets last week. Um, Justin Jackson's on IR. Don't have to worry about him. Austin Eckler, he's not going to be back this week. Um, so I think Balage is a relatively safe touchback. And, you know, he's at home against the Jets. Um, the Chargers have one of the highest implied totals of the week. So I think for 5600 bucks, Balage is a good cash game value. I started laughing at safe being mentioned with Balage because I did so before you said touch bet, which I, I certainly agree with that. I'm happy that uh, he's $200 more than Duke Johnson because I will gladly play a lower owned Duke Johnson at 5400 bucks against the Patriots defense, allowing 4.6 yards per carry to running backs. Now, like I said, the league's worst defense by overall DVOA, 30th against the pass, 31st against the run, not doing anything particularly well at this point. And Duke Johnson is a way better player than Kalen Balaj. So I'm going to comfortably fade Kalen Balaj across formats this week. Tyler, what do you like at cash running back? So I like both of those plays for cash. The ones that you guys mentioned, Kalen Balaj and Duke Johnson. I like a lot of the more expensive running backs as well. Uh, I'm extremely high on Derrick Henry this week, but he's more of a GPP play. Week 11 continues to get weird. I mean, we we go in on the Draft Sharks model and Taysom Hill's our top projected quarterback in points per dollar. And then <laughs> pick over to running back. And at the top of the list is Adrian Peterson and Kalen Balaj. So... <laughs> You know, it's going to be a really weird week. It's going to be a weird slate, but I think we plug and play those value running backs. I was considering AP, actually, before we got the, the Hill news, but now I think with Hill, you don't need to go down to AP. Yeah, I don't think I'll be p- playing AP either. Or you can use AP to not have to go down to Taysom Hill at quarterback. <laughs> I dare um, you. I dare you. <laughs> I think Dalvin Cook, too, becomes even more of a I need to fit this guy in because Alvin Kamara is dealing with that foot injury, and they're similarly priced. Otherwise, they could kind of duke it out for that top spot, but it adds risk to Kamara. Is that what you guys see there? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't pay that much for Kamara in cash between the foot and, you know, the, the quarterback change. May, may, he's probably a good tournament play. He'll be, what, like a fourth or a fifth as owned as Dalvin Cook. So he, he definitely makes some sense there. Plus, I think that with all these low dollar options, you can fit both Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara into a lineup. Yep, you could. Before we get out of the cash section, I think both Washington running backs also make some sense. J.D. McKissick's $600 cheaper than Antonio Gibson. He's just ahead of Gibson in our dollars per point. 
He's just 1.2 PPR points behind him in our projections. 29 targets over the past two games. Those are the Alex Smith, the games with Alex Smith as the primary quarterback. And he's playing more snaps than Gibson. He's playing both running back and wide receiver. So a pretty good bet for touches, uh, especially in this PPR format. I think you made Tyler throw up talking about J.D. McKissick. He's gone. <laughs> I have, wait, if Kalen Balaj didn't get him, then we had to get going to try to get something to push him over the edge. All right, GPP, Tyler, what are you favoring? Uh, like I said before, I'm extremely high on Derrick Henry. He's projected at under 5% ownership. It's important to pay attention to the injury report. We might have the Ravens without Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams. So in that case, I think Derrick Henry could have a monster game going up against that defense. Uh, they just allowed Damian Harris to run for over 100 yards in the Sunday night game last week. So I think it could be a lot of the same. I think if Tennessee keeps it close, Derrick Henry could get over 25 carries and he could bust off one of those long touchdown runs. And, you know, at under 5% owned, I think he's an exceptional GPP play this week. And I'm going to be rostering him at least probably 30 to 40% of my lineups. Will Henry be a um, run back for you in Lamar Jackson lineups or is Henry like someone you'd play without any Ravens? Yeah, I, I like that game stack in general. So it would probably be Henry from the Titan side uh, paired up with Lamar and one of his pass catchers on the other side. And we just hope that there's a lot of points. Um, it was a pretty – it wasn't a high-scoring game when they matched up in the playoffs last year, but Lamar actually had over 500 yards of offense. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't cash in in the red zone. They had a couple of turnovers, and then they got stopped on a couple fourth down plays. So I think it could be a back-and-forth game. That should be low owned. Yeah, they fell behind early and then racked up a lot of yardage trying to come back. But that was that was a goofball game. Yep. Jared, what do you like GPP running back? Um, yeah, so I, I do like Duke Johnson as like the pivot off Kaelin Balaj. Assuming Balaj is going to be higher owned, I guess we'll have to check on that. But yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson got all the usage we could have asked for last week. It was just an ugly, low scoring you know, game played in the wind in Cleveland last week. Not Now he's at home, you know, in uh, the dome or climate controlled stadium. Um, against a bad Patriots run defense, as you mentioned, Matt. So I like Duke Johnson. I like James Conner, too. 6,600 bucks. No one wants to play the guy because he's been a total dud over the past two weeks. Pittsburgh just hasn't really even tried to run the ball over the past two weeks. They've just gone so pass-heavy. They, they might do that again against Jacksonville on Sunday, so I wouldn't use Conner in cash. But if they decide to run it more, I mean, Conner has still seen 71% of the Steelers running back carries over the past two weeks. So it's not like he's losing a ton of work to Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. So I think there's still upside for him to get 20 plus carries here. The Jags are 30th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. And the Steelers are 10 and a half point favorites with the highest implied total on the main slate. So, you know, that's the environment we want to use running backs in. Yeah. And like you said, the, the worry with Connor is not that the work is going to somebody else. It's just that Pittsburgh was throwing the ball more. And Mike Tomlin said early this week that he wanted to get the running game back on track. So if they're serious about it, that's certainly in a good spot. As you mentioned, 10 and a half point favorites facing a Jacksonville defense that's not good at anything. So they should be able to get Connor however much work they want to this week. I, I like him as well. I have him down. Brown's running backs, I think both of them and Miles Sanders are also in play. I don't, I don't think any of those guys are going to be particularly highly owned with all of the names that are available in the pool this week. Yeah, I like Sanders especially. I'm actually even considering him as a cash play. Mm. At wide receiver, Tyler, what are you favoring? Wide receiver is another funny position when you go to the Draft Sharks model. The top three guys are Denzel Mims, KJ Hamler, and Jakeem Grant. <laughs> I don't think I'll be using any of those guys, but I do like a couple guys in the mid $5,000 range, and that's going to be Amari Cooper. He should easily lead the Cowboys in targets. I just think he's way underpriced, and I think the Cowboys are just due for a good offensive game coming off the bye with Dalton. <laughs> 
against a Vikings defense that can't generate a pass rush. And then Jacoby Myers, 4.9 thousand is way underpriced in my opinion as well. He has four straight games, uh, with double digit DraftKings points. He had the 14 target game against the Jets just a couple weeks ago. Got a really good matchup against the Texans in a dome. He's clearly Cam's favorite target. So I don't think he should be priced under 5,000. He should be more of a $6,000 plus player in my opinion. You guys know what other defense earlier this season couldn't generate a pass rush was the Arizona Cardinals until they ran into Andy Dalton and the Cowboys and just terrorized him. This is an awful, awful team. Maybe they bounce back. Maybe they're somewhat better this week and Andy Dalton does something, but I don't know. I'm not touching a Cowboys receiver in cash. So I, I, I guess you guys can beat me on that spot if it does work out. Yeah, Cooper's in play for cash for me. I think you're overreacting to the one Dalton game and then seeing the Cowboys with Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert the past few weeks. Minnesota's up to 10th in overall defensive DVOA, too. It started out as a really bad defense, but right now it's a decent defense. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just look at their cornerback group and think the Cowboys receivers should have their way with them. But I'm struggling at wide receiver this week because there are so many good options. So I guess, first of all, I think Keenan Allen is more in play now that we have Taysom Hill. I think there's room to potentially pay up for Keenan Allen, 7,400 bucks against the Jets. The Jets just put their uh, slot cornerback, Brian Poole, on IR, so the matchup gets even better for Keenan. But but I, I'm, I'm definitely liking the $5,000 range and then Jacoby Myers at 4,900. So Tyler mentioned Jacoby Myers. You mentioned Amari Cooper. Considering those two guys, I'm considering Deontay Johnson, 5,900. You know, he's still seen 10-plus targets in six of his seven healthy games this season. I think Tyler Boyd is a nice price at 5,600. He's seen 8.4 targets per game this year. He has the best matchup among Bengals wide receivers in the slot against slot corner Jimmy Moreland. And then Brandon Cooks is just still too cheap at 5,200 bucks. He's seen eight-plus targets in five straight games now I mean, we'll see if the Patriots get Stefan Gilmore back but that past defense hasn't really been one to be too worried about this season so I'm trying to decide you know which three of those guys to play in cash yeah I agree with all those guys the 56 or the the 5k range at wide receivers particularly attractive I, I have Tyler Boyd down especially he's the first non-3k wide receiver in our points per dollar rankings this week and especially if I am playing Joe Burrow Tyler Boyd's going to be in there he has the best individual coverage matchup against Washington uh, I'll switch over to the GPP side and start with that 3,000 crew that Tyler alluded to. Uh, Denzel Mims, KJ Hamler, Jakeem Grant are at the top of our dollars per point projections. I like Hamler and Grant better than Mims. Mims is averaging less than 50 yards through three games. He's a rookie. He's playing with Joe Flacco. He's a Jet. So uh, betting on the Jets is certainly not ever going to make me feel good. Uh, I think Hamler and Grant, I feel better about sliding in the lineups. It's a little bit less worthwhile now that we have Taysom Hill messing everything up. But the Cowboy that I do like this week in this spot is Michael Gallup down at 3700 bucks. Started the year at 5500 got up to 6200 in week four. He previously dipped down to the 3K range for the Philly game a few weeks ago, 3400 for that game. Saw 12 targets, caught seven balls in that game from Ben DiNucci. Last time out, he got seven targets from Garrett Gilbert. So now he's back down in the 3K range. Andy Dalton, I agree, should improve the quarterback play over those previous two guys. So, I mean, I think Michael Gallup is a low-level bet to make on this Dallas offense. That's where I'm comfy playing. And Michael Gallup's just a better player, too, than K.J. Hamler, Jakeem Grant, Denzel Mims, at least at, at this point in their careers. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you released on one of the Cowboys receivers. I just think Cooper and Lamb are better target best than Gallup. But, you know, for the price, I can't argue with Gallup. I agree. I like K.J. Hamler 
in tournaments. He's seen 10 targets in back-to-back weeks now. Denzel Mims is someone I, I would use in Justin Herbert stacks as the run back from the Jets at that price tag. He really doesn't need to do a whole lot to pay off. And then uh, a few other guys I like for tournaments. Another cheap guy, Jalen Rager, 4300 bucks. He led the Eagles wide receivers in pass routes and targets last week. I think he might emerge, you know, starting this week as the number one wide receiver for Philly. And then I like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, Thielen, 6,300. Jefferson, 6,000. I mean, Dalvin Cook is going to be probably the most popular guy on the slate. So, you know, in tournaments, you could fade Dalvin Cook, play one of these wide receivers instead, and just, you know, just hope that the touchdowns go to the wide receivers. Cook can, Cook can have, you know, 150 yards. If he just doesn't score, though, and say Thielen has another two-touchdown game, you know, that that's going to be a tournament-winning pivot. You could also play Cook and one of these receivers because I, I think Dallas is soft enough to, to give up that many points to this. Yeah, maybe. Tyler, what do you have at wide receiver? So you guys pretty much mentioned all the guys I'm playing. Uh, Jared talked a lot about the guys in that $5,000 range for cash, and those are going to be a lot of the same guys I use in GPPs. Two of the guys priced in the upper tier that I'll be using are Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas in stacks with Justin Herbert and Taysom Hill. Besides that, I'm, I agree with you guys on the Vikings. I'm, I'm pretty high on that game in general, so I'll be having some Thielen, Justin Jefferson lineups or one of the wide receivers with Delvin Cook and then the Red Rocket paired up with Amari Cooper on the other side. <laughs> Have fun with that, guys. Over at tight end for cash, I'm going to go back to Dallas Goddard as my starting point. Thank goodness, first of all, that we don't have Taysom Hill at tight end on this site, which we'll be talking about on the next show, of course. We do have Dallas Goddard at 3800 bucks. I think he and Austin Hooper basically look the same. Uh, Austin Hooper's 3900 in salary. Goddard, I lean that way because I mean, we could get 40 Philly pass attempts versus 25 for Cleveland, so I just think there is opportunity upside here. Goddard left last week's game briefly for a concussion check, and Richard Rodgers immediately caught two balls for 41 yards right after Goddard left that game. So, I mean, if those two things go to Goddard instead, he'd be coming off a six-catch, 74-yard line right now. He'd probably be more like $5,000 in DK salary. Instead, he's down 400 bucks from where he was last week. We'll see whether Zach Ertz gets activated. It doesn't sound like he's going to. It sounds like he's going to need at least another week to get ready. And even when Ertz comes back, uh, Dallas Goddard was getting enough work early this season when Zach Ertz was in the lineup. So uh, I think that Dallas Goddard's target outlook is good either way. Yep, I'm with you. It's Goddard for me in cash. If you do need to save money, I think Logan Thomas for 3300 bucks is the play. But I would I would try to get that 500 to get up to Goddard. I just think he has a much higher ceiling than Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas also really popular this week. His projection's already over 20%. Easy tournament I, then for, for Logan Thomas. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, it's Goddard for me too. I just think he's a really good buy low candidate this week. Uh, he shouldn't be priced under 4000 for the role that he has in that offense. I'm going to be rostering a lot of him in GPPs as well. He's definitely going to be my cash game uh, tight end on DraftKings. Uh, a couple other tight ends will be in my player pool. Is going to be Mark Andrews, again, uh, glutton for punishment with Mark Andrews, but he's got a good matchup. He's under 5000 and the tight end slate is extremely gross. So if he has one of those two touchdown games, we're going to be printing a lot of money. And then uh, Hunter Henry's the only other one. Finally got in the end zone last week, so we'll see if he could keep it going uh, against a terrible Jets defense. Mark Andrews certainly going to be a GPP favorite uh, for me at 4900 bucks because of that two-touchdown upside. And let me also say, I'm disappointed that Jonu Smith's touchdowns the past two weeks have him at 4700 bucks because I would have loved to be able to use him here, but... 
it's a little too expensive for him to make a whole lot of sense. I forgot about that rushing score against mm-hmm. the Colts until I was looking at my notes for this morning. Yeah, I mean, he, he's overpriced for what he's been the past month. I, I do think he's still a fine tournament play, especially if you want to play a Raven stack and then use Johnny Smith as the run back from the Titans there. I'm definitely with you guys on Mark Andrews. Um, you know, On top of the good matchup, Nick Boyle's out for the year for Baltimore. He's actually run 135 pass routes this season versus Andrews is uh, 237. So, you know, maybe hopefully Andrews picks up some extra pass routes with Boyle out. I like Eric Ebron for 4,000 bucks. You know, he's seen pretty steady volume lately. I think he's a good touchdown bat again with the Steelers having the highest implied total on the main slate. And then just in general, I really want to just in tournaments pair my tight end with the quarterback whenever possible, because tight ends just so crappy. And if your quarterback gives you a tournament winning performance, there's you know a decent chance that the tight end does well enough and you know maybe is the tournament winning tight end. It makes sense, especially because with tight ends, we're looking for touchdowns. So if yeah. we get double touchdowns from the tight end, it's probably a good day for his quarterback. Yeah. Tyler, do you have any other GPP tight ends you're leaning on? Uh, that was it for tight end. But at the flex position, I think I'm going to uh, get, get off the board a little bit and roster a lot of Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry instead of Dalvin Cook. Uh, we were talking in our group chat that the chalk running backs have busted for pretty much the last five or six weeks of the season. So if Dalvin Cook doesn't have a monster game, I could easily see Derrick Henry and Kamara uh, having big games, and that'll be huge. Um, and I think that's how I'm going to leverage my GPP lineups this week. Yeah, I certainly like that option. I think the 5K range of wide receiver is also in play here because uh, I, I feel better about a lot of those guys than I do about running backs in a similar price range. Yeah, if there was ever a week to play for wide receivers in cash, this might be it. I, I can almost guarantee I won't do it. But those $5,000 wide receivers are nice. Um, yeah, we've talked about all my flex considerations right? in cash. It'll probably be either Balage, Duke Johnson, or maybe Miles Sanders if I end up paying up for that last running back spot. Jared, why don't you start us off with defense? Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington's defense, um, $2,900. I think beyond the Steelers, who are you know $1,700 more expensive, that Washington's the best sack bet on this slate. Um, we know about their pass rush. They're fifth in the NFL in sacks right now. They're second in football outsiders adjusted sack rate. Bengals O-line is still an issue. Uh, Cincinnati's allowed the third most sacks. They're 27th in adjusted sack rate. And you know, Cincinnati's also like the pass heaviest offense in the NFL. So more drop backs just creates more sack upside for Washington this week. Yeah, I certainly like the upside of Washington. Uh, Tyler, what do you like? I'm going with Washington as well. I think the Falcons defense is easily the easiest pay of the week. Projected for 25% ownership on Fanshare. And they're going up against a team that is well-coached and is going to be extremely run heavy this week in a dome. I mean, I can't see the Falcons defense getting any more than three or four points, and I think there's a pretty good shot that they go negative. So that's the easiest fade of the week, $300. Other defenses I'll be playing are the Lions at 2.7K if Teddy Bridgewater misses, and then the Chargers at 4,000 and the Steelers at 4,600 makes sense in a week where we have a lot of value. So you guys think that Taysom Hill is leading a 30-point offense in New Orleans this week, and he's not going to turn the ball over at all? I swear I didn't pay Tyler to talk trash about Atlanta's defense, but I'm with him. I I, I think that Fanshare hasn't updated their ownership projections yet. I got to assume – with Winston out that Atlanta's uh, you know projected ownership will come down. It'll probably be cut in half. I mean, I agree that if it stays at 25%, any defense at 25% is a, a fade, but if it comes down, I, I absolutely think that they still retain upside. I, I mean, 
I would bet too that New Orleans is not going to throw the ball as much with Taysom Hill, but I also don't think that they're going to turn into Navy or Army or whichever academy is now the the triple option one. They're going to throw the ball some. Taysom Hill has been sacked three times in his 21 career dropbacks. He's more sackable than Drew Brees. He threw uh, interceptions at a 3% rate in college against Mountain West defenses. I guarantee that no matter how bad the Falcons are, any one of their DBs could start for any Mountain West school. So for me, there's so much downside potential to Taysom Hill in this one. I don't understand how the Falcons become a worse matchup for Taysom Hill making his first ever NFL start. I mean, they're a worse matchup because it was supposed to be Jameis Winston, who was like the best matchup for any defense. He was I mean, last year with the Bucks. I mean, for most of his career, he's been a turnover happy quarterback. I think Atlanta's fine just because they're 2300 bucks, but like a bad defense on the road as underdogs against a run heavy offense, that, that just doesn't scream, you know, a defense I, I want to play. Well, we'll get to the underdog thing in a minute before with our betting tips at the end. But I mean, if we're giving if we're giving the Saints credit for Sean Payton's coaching acumen, we would have to give them that credit with Jameis Winston as well. He's not just going to go out there and put on a blindfold and fling passes. I, I just, I, I think it's, I think everybody's kind of overrating, I don't know, the Taysom Hill effect here. He's going to drop back some. He's going to throw some passes. Sure. He's at, probably as good a turnover bet as Jameis Winston, if not better. I guess that's the part I disagree with. I don't think Hill's going to be awesome passing ball. I just think, you know, Jameis was such a good takeaway bet. My thing with this is none of us really has any idea what the Taysom Hill offense is. So there's going to be, there's definitely downside to it. He has not been a quarterback to this point. He was not even clearly a quarterback coming out of college. And now he's in his 30s. So he's not even like he's a kid. I don't know. There's, I feel like I'm seeing the downside here more than most people seem to, but I'll be curious to see what the ownership rate is like the projection is as we get closer again, if it stays, you know, 20%, then whatever, we'll just look somewhere else. All right. So let's move on to the betting picks. Tyler, what you got? I'm going to go with the Patriots minus two against the Texans. I just think the Patriots are, um, they kind of, they're, they're in gear now and they're synced up to what Belichick wants them to do. Uh, they had a huge win against the Ravens, and I think they're going to keep it going against an inferior opponent. I don't see any reason the Texans should be favored. I know DVOA-wise, the, the Patriots rank really poorly, but I think Belichick, once he kind of figures out what he has on defense, they all kind of figure it out, and he's been the best coach in the league for the last couple decades. I think the Patriots could run all over them. Cam Newton should have a decent game, and I like the matchups for the wide receivers with Jacoby Myers in the slot. So. I don't think the Texans should be favored, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots uh, for my pick. Jared, you got anything? Yeah, so two underdogs I like to win straight up are the Bengals and the Packers. Um, so you can get Cincinnati plus a point. You can get Green Bay plus two points. I'd probably just rather bet them money line versus taking you know anything less than plus three. Then I also like the under. It's 48 now. I like the under 48 in the Rams-Bucks game. On Monday night, I think, you know, both of those defenses, especially Tampa's defense, is going to give the Rams a lot of trouble. I like the Falcons at New Orleans. They opened at six and a half point underdogs, which I especially liked at that point. We already knew that Drew Brees probably wasn't going to play. It was down to five with everybody expecting Jameis Winston to start. Now it's down to three and a half with Taysom Hill. The Falcons have won three of their past four games, all of those by seven plus points. They mixed in a one point loss to the Lions in there. It looks like they'll get Calvin Ridley back. We'll watch that one. The Saints are coming off just 237 total yards against the 49ers. Again, 
no Drew Brees. I think the Falcons have a, a solid shot at winning this game outright. I mean, last year's Saints managed just 310, 279 total yards against the Falcons. So I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game than currently projected. I'm definitely taking the under on yep. the Saints scoring. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I like the under in that game in general. It's still at 50. I just think, you know, Taysom Hill is going to slow the game down quite a bit with all the running. Yeah, I think that the Falcons could still run up the score because the Saints, Taysom Hill, as awesome as he is, doesn't make the Saints defense any better. Yeah, I can't figure out the Saints defense. Like, Football Outsiders has them sixth overall in DVOA. Mm, they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Rush defense, and they get after the quarterback, but I think it's just inconsistent corner play, which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, shaky going up against Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if Ridley's going to play. I think that's, you know, obviously a pretty there key to the game. That said he practiced in full and he's good to go. Okay. Sweet. Well, that's going to do it for this Week 11 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get cash game recommendations from Jared. Get tournament picks and top stacks from Tyler. And check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against in, against each other in round 11 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.